of the same old fitness routine bored by the workout classes that just don't have any soul then you've got to check out jc fitness in desoto listen the trainers at jc fitness will keep you moving and shaking so much that you won't even know that you're working out from zumba to hip-hop jc fitness offers a wide range of classes to keep you moving until you shake off all of those extra pounds for the ladies and the gentlemen so check them out at jcfitness.info or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at jcfitness.tx and make sure you tell them that the ladies of Life Chat Radio sent you. Because I got a name, happiness mistaken for fame, and it. 
plane It's like the world's in your hand But while on the road Sometimes you just wanna go home To tuck your son in bed I get weak like you do And my body can't get tired too, yeah, yeah And although I'm living the dream I'm a man, not a machine And I need you to know It gets cold in the sun Make sure somebody loves you Make sure somebody loves you Success is individual But what's the point in even having dreams If you gotta celebrate all alone It gets cold Everybody, welcome back to Live Chat Radio. How's everybody doing? How you doing, Felicia? Listen, I got my coffee, and um, yeah, I got my coffee and my phone and my computer, and that means life is good. Life is absolutely <laughs> good. So we have a very special guest in our studio today. We're very excited about it, right? I'm always excited about everything. <laughs> I know, me too, but today specifically. I'm particularly excited because we have a good friend of mine who I met. Oh, when did I meet you? Last year. Yes. That sounds definitive. Um, I met him last year. His name is Grant Skeldon. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Now, Grant, you got to like really talk inside the microphone so that people can hear your deep, deep voice. Is that your normal (laughs) voice or is that morning voice? I have a deep voice. Yeah? I really do. And here's one of my best deep voices. I'm ready. Simba, you deliberately disobeyed me. (laughs) I love that movie. Let's go. Grant Skelton for the win. Yes. <laughs> hey, Grant. <laughs> Welcome to Life Chat Radio. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Life Chat Radio. Right? <laughs> what I'm, was I'm that? I'm excited about it. Like, was... I, I wanted to say that. I've been wanting to say that for the first two shows. I just didn't get a chance to. So Let welcome. me hear it again. Welcome to Life Chat Radio. Oh, hey. Hey. Hey, boo, hey. So, Grant. <laughs> Grant, first thing you should know is that we're wacky. Good. Very. Good. Are Thanks you wacky, so. too, a little bit? Uh, I'm crunk. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's go. <Yeah. laughs> he went hood. First of all, Grant did a simple voice, and then he just said the word crunk. I'm bringing it back. You bringing it back? Yeah. Yeah. Good wow. Luck with that. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so now we'll talk about pseudo serious things. So Grant is from the initiative. Do you call yourselves the initiative network or just like mainly initiative? just initiative? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Grant, tell us about initiative. Who are you? What do you do? Why do people listen to things that you have to say? Uh, that's a good, that's a good little, all right. So who (laughs) am I? Um, I am from Louisville, Texas, just turned 25. I run initiative, which is, we call it a missional millennial network. Really the goal is to uh, tackle three problems. The first one is, um, millennials or 18 to 35 year olds are leaving the church more than ever. So we are trying to uh, bring them back to the church, but I don't think they just want to come back to an event. I think they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So um, bringing them back to not only go to church, but be the church. And then the second one would be uh, being outside of the four walls. Uh, young adults are leaving the church, but they're also uh, joining a lot of nonprofits or causes. So getting them plugged into those types of works in the city. And then the third thing would be uh, racial reconciliation, diversity, unity. There's around 4,800 churches in Dallas. and 4,000? Wow. Yeah. 4,800? Yeah, so... Basically, I don't think that we need 5,000 and then we're going to see the sudden change. I just think we need to get these 4,800, start working together. And personally, I think millennials are a big fan of that. Uh, We're tired of fighting. Yeah, millennials are very, very much so tired of fighting. And I'm not a millennial, but you just said that you're 25, so you follow the millennial Mm -hmm. age group. So, So tell me why millennials are leaving. Why do you think millennials are the number one people leaving the church? You surely talk to a lot of them. Yeah. I personally think, I don't know if they'd say this, but I think they are disinterested in uninspired by the overglorification oh, of a, a Sunday morning. One. Wait, uninspired. that was too much for me to digest oh, without taking another sip of coffee. So they are. <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> say it again. Uh, disinterested and uninspired by the overglorification of a Sunday morning event. <laughs> I'm shouting in my seat right Esther now. Esther just got her Kojic dance on. Yes, because that that like pinpoints it exactly. I mean, just the words that you just said—the overglorification of the Sunday morning service. Mm-hmm. Like that is it. That is so true. Because I mean, you know, I'm not a millennial, but but it's still young adults. Yeah, it's still yeah young adults. It still applies. I mean, people are tired of going to church on a Sunday and getting the same stuff. The redundancy of people saying the same thing over and over and over again, and there's no change. Yeah, and mm-hmm. for what for exactly for it to make what kind of real life impact? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is such a good point. That's crazy. And then it's 4,800 churches. Like I need everyone to dissect that. 4,800 churches in DFW or just Dallas? Dallas-Fort Worth. Dallas-Fort Worth. And I feel like we should have way more impact mm-hmm. in our community and what's going on in Dallas. Like, right? Yeah, I, I think that uh, this community, Dallas-Fort Worth, they know if I say if they called the fire department because there's a fire, they know that they're going to be there. Police department, they know they're going to be here. We have more churches than both of those combined. We have more churches than fire departments and police departments? Yeah, we have. That's crazy. We have so many churches. And that's not even a non-believer would see that. Just drive. You cannot drive down the street in Dallas-Fort Worth without a church on every corner. Yeah. Um, I think, and it, it's not sacrificing, hey, we don't want the event. Because there is an idea that you could do church without being a part of a body. I don't believe that. But I don't believe in the over-glorification of an event. Um, and the irony, the funniest thing is that 
it, it's all doom and gloom when you read about young adults like they're they're all this bad stuff all about they're leaving the church and i see it as a good thing because it shows it's good that they want more than just to go Sunday morning. That's what the pastor's preaching anyway, yeah, is that it's more absolutely. than just these four walls. Well, would you say that to a pastor? Do you say, tell uh, that to pastors? So, so it's not my, that they're leaving. Uh, no, Let no. them leave. Well, and then you got to come alongside them. And don't don't see it as a terrible thing, but uh, come alongside them and say, hey, why? And I think you might find at the heart of it is they want more. And it, that's what God wants. Love me with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind. Um, yeah. Love God and your neighbor. And I think... Young adults tend to be where we, you know, we want to see our neighbor. Even you said, uh, we're tired of going to something without seeing a change. Yes, It's absolutely. hard. How long can I go to this event that talks about a man that changed the world and his disciples that changed the world? And then I go to church and I don't see it changing a city, let alone the world. Yeah. And 4,800 of them. And you don't even see it changing the body, the the, the church. Oh, like you don't, even, you don't even feel it changing yourself. Like I've gone to churches and when I go to church, I want to feel a change. I want to have an, I want to have an encounter. I want to have right. a God connection when I go into a church and not just specifically a church, but anywhere that's saying God is here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I have that type of encounter. And most of the times you don't. Right. It's very sad, but true. Right. You know, the other unfortunate thing is that, well, just not necessarily another thing, but just kind of riding your point right now. Um, I went to an event yesterday talking about events. I, I'm a part of Leadership Southwest this year. Mm-hmm. So Leadership Southwest had a panel of educators from various community colleges, mm-hmm. right? And these are like really smart people. These community college leaders and they're doctors and they're really doing great things at the community college level. Yeah. And so they started talking about all these programs that they are creating for people to take advantage of within their communities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of these communities are, of course, in the southern sector of Dallas. And so they are, they've got all these programs, but they've got nobody that are taking advantage of the programs. Mm-hmm. Or they are dealing with what's called an educational gap. Um, so the people will graduate, or no, not an educational gap, a skills gap. Mm-hmm. So they graduate from high school, and then they go to look for a job, and then when they get to some sort of job, they don't get the job because oh, they yeah. don't have the skills to right. fulfill the job. Right. And so then they end up doing whatever, and we get these big complaints that there's no job opportunity for anybody. There are no jobs. Well, the reality is that for the employer, there are a ton of jobs. Right. But those people are coming into those jobs with either no drive, no skills, mm. no desire. They're sitting on their butts, and they they don't really want to do it right so they kept backtracking well where does it all start well maybe it lies on the high schools let's go into the high schools and make sure that the teachers are doing their things right well okay well it's before then well let's go into the elementary schools and let's see if the elementary schools are doing it yeah well it starts before then too well let's start at the pre-k program and see (laughs) if we can fix the pre-k programs and offer more pre-k opportunities yeah and i said it's none of those things it's the family because if you can't remedy the family if those children are do not have the drive and the desire to go in and like seek opportunity then we have a fundamental problem right we didn't have that problem 20 or 30 years ago because we all had the drive we had families that implanted these desires for us to want to be successful move yeah. forward so what That's happened definitely lacking. i think the problem is that we have a huge moral disparity a major moral disparity mm-hmm. we have 48,000 4800 churches mm-hmm. in our city what are they doing what 
are they doing? And so the problem. What are they not doing? Or what are they not doing? And so the problem doesn't just lie in, you know, we've got all these churches, but the problem also starts to follow us into the business world where we've got job opportunities for people that we can't even have take the jobs because the people are not educated to do it because they don't Absolutely. want to. Yeah. What do you think about that, Grant? I, I think uh, being educated, being trained, I, I've noticed, and here's, so I said things that would be, hey, calling out the church. Yeah. Calling out young adults is one of the difficulties I've noticed and uh, is we don't know, like, well, let's say we graduate. Graduating from college, I think, is the least, mo- like, most promising thing at, that it ever has been in the sense of so many of us can graduate college and not have a job waiting for us. Ooh. It used to be... For sure, you get a bachelor's, you get a job. Yes. If that's the reason we go to school and we're not getting a job, we're getting incredible debt, we're in mm. trouble. But the problem yes. is, I think a little bit on us is we don't do life with the older generation because we're not in churches. Or if we are in a church, we're in a handful of churches that all the young adults go to. Right. So we graduate, but we don't even... And that's the irony. She's saying, like, there's all these job opportunities, but the people don't. One, they're not, they have not been trained up to even know the trade. I think that's going to come through the wisdom of the older generation in the church. Yeah, and then they don't have the that. connections or the network to get the job. So there's the older generation. I was just in a meeting with about all these older pastors. How are we going to get the next generation? And then over here, we're like, we're, here we we're like, here we are. <laughs> but we are not doing life with each other. So it makes it very difficult. So this is where I think at the heart of it is... Uh, making disciples and discipling i think that needs to be happen first like felicia said in the family yeah. uh, but if god's last words jesus says go and make disciples just do those two things i tell the church and you will get young adults start going like not just staying here yeah going and doing something and then start making disciples bring someone along the way with you and show them what it looks like to become a fisher of men you'll have young adults that would die to follow you guys into the world you have and when you say go, are you talking about going into the world, going into the community, like being active, connecting with someone that's actually doing yeah. stuff? Yeah, I think I, I'm a I'm a local focused kind of guy. I do yeah. think that God called us to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. But also one thing I noticed about Jesus is I was in Israel uh, three months ago. And there was really interesting because there was an Asian church that was in Israel mm-hmm. that came to visit. And then there was an African church that came to visit. And then there was an Australian church that came to visit. And it's... Mm-hmm. It was interesting because it's easy to think God was an American God. Yeah. Um, but I get so there. Easy. And I, <laughs> I, so easy. Yeah. He's only for the And Americans. I get there. It was really, the Asians really did throw me off. I was like, man, they're coming just, they're, they're looking at us like probably what? thinking, what are these Americans yeah, doing here? Because exactly. they're not used to seeing that. But we're all in Israel to see where Jesus was. And what hit me was Jesus never went to Asia, to Australia, even to America, mm. as much as we might think he is. He focused on one region, one area. And then just continued to impact that area consistently. Wow. Planted roots. And it tipped in such a way that the rest of the world's like, what is going on right there? And it poured over. So for me, I focus on Dallas. And I specifically, when it comes to church culture, I believe that if you could unify the church in Dallas, you could make disciples among the older generation, the younger generation in Dallas. You could uh, not solve, but fix and help with racial reconciliation. All these wow. issues that we see in the church in Dallas. We're not the most influential city in the world, but when it comes to church culture, we are. New York influences uh, music art, and art, art and yeah. fashion, uh, L.A. with movies and TV, Nashville with music. But if you want to say what's at the top level echelon of uh, church culture, people are looking at Dallas and Atlanta. So if we could influence and say, 
You know, millennials aren't leaving the church in Dallas. They're unifying. Not only are they unifying the church and leading the charge, they are on mission and getting the church to start thinking outside the four walls. And it's not just white millennials. It's black millennials, Hispanic millennials. It's not even just one denomination. It's all denominations. All of a sudden, I promise you the rest of the nation, which is one of the most influential nations in the world. So then the rest of the world will start to say, what is going on in, in that Dallas, city? Yeah, I think that's really important. I, I mean, I'm a local like I, I live, you know, born and raised in Dallas. So I appreciate focusing on the grassroots level mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. kind of growing it here and then allowing it to overflow. Like I right. said, so if Dallas gets it, then it's going to filter out into Houston and then to the other states and the mm-hmm. other cities. And I, so I think that that's a really good point, especially, I mean, even with music, like I apply that to, to musicians all the time. I tell musicians, it's really hard to say, because a lot of artists want to go outside yeah, of they're Dallas. Ready to leave. Yeah, they're like, I want to go to New York. I want to go to L.A. And I'm like, but no one even knows you exactly, here. Exactly, exactly. Like, you, you're not even making an impact <clears throat> where you are. So it's really important to, like, saturate and be consistent. I think exactly. that that's a really key word that you said, like the consistency of that's good. the church specifically. Because I, I think that the, the church lacks the consistency to connect yeah, to that's really this good. generation. I had a mentor say, don't ever go overseas to do something you don't do at home. Ooh, oh, my God. And that Did was, y'all hear that? Yeah. <laughs> say it one more time, Grant. <laughs> don't ever go overseas to do something you never do at home. Oh, man. And, man. you know, you talked about music, and I was listening to this on the way here. But, like, when Bun B and Paul Wall and uh, Slim Thug and mm-hmm. those dudes, Mike Jones, like, that was when music was really, really hot in Houston. Yeah. And those dudes claimed Houston. They weren't trying to go to what predominantly was famous at the time was New York. He felt like he had to go to New York or um, L.A. Or yeah. maybe I think like Mississippi was coming. Or Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta was coming yeah. up a lot at that time. Yeah. Uh, those guys put really Houston on the map and it was a local thing. I think because uh, then they had that local support, too. And I don't know if I see that too much these days, but I think start with your base and just do it do it well there and i'm not saying don't ever leave but like make that home in your friend your group your support uh do it yeah just do it here before you try to go somewhere else and we see that even in the church yeah so many young adults can't wait to go try to plant a church in the hot and sexy uh, church places yeah. like new york did you say hot and sexy <laughs> that is like real sexy to go to new york and plant and a church portland or whatever i'm like Dude, you don't even know those cities. And, yeah. I'll, I'll and they don't know you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, what is it about? Like, who are the people that just just bind your heart? Yeah. Like, oh, they don't know anyone. They just know, oh, it's real cool. It's hipster. It's this and that. Yeah. Like, you, you want to go because of you, not because of the, the people. Yeah, absolutely. I get that a lot with people with talking artists, about I'm Dallas. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, everyone says that no one supports people in Dallas. Like, that's one of the biggest woes about from an artist perspective, like, you know, no one here is supporting me. No one is buying my music. Mm-hmm. And they put Dallas in like a cluster. They put it in one box. And well, they I'm put like, it in their own cluster yeah, and their yeah. own people aren't buying it. And so since their own people aren't buying it, they think that nobody else will. Yeah. And they don't take the initiative to get outside of their own cluster oh, in their own goodness. city. They categorize one city, one community as the, the whole entire city. city. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Oak Cliff is not buying my music. Mm-hmm. Well, what about DeSoto, mm-hmm. Duncanville? <laughs> what about uh, Denton and anybody, Fort Worth? Yeah. I mean, anybody else. Like, it's you a have big to, city. It's a huge city. <laughs> so if you feel like you're not, you know, making the progress that you want, you may need to step outside of where you are, mm-hmm. your area, and mm-hmm. figure out how to connect with more people. That's well, just good. go connect with more people. There just are lots go. of opportunities to go and connect with people that we just don't take advantage of. Yeah. There are plenty of them. Absolutely. So, so Grant, I have a question for you. Um, 
like I know that you said that we need to they need to take the initiative right especially the millennials and not even necessarily the millennials but, but trying people. to bridge yeah, yeah people in general and trying to bridge the gap between the old generation and the new generation so at 35 what do I need to do to like where do I start to even get connected and and try to be that initiative so to get plugged into what we're doing or just like to just in general, just, like yeah. specifically for you right. to be plugged into what you're doing, but just in general in the community. Like I'll say in general, I mean, we, we look at our website and you can get plugged in, but in general, what is the website? Uh, Initiative network dot org. But uh, if you go to the bottom, sign up, you'll, we'll let you know whenever there are monthly gatherings or things and to get people lot. together. Yeah. Uh, so I look for five things when I, I think of someone that is like the real deal, mature young adult and I'll say whenever I I'm not saying these are bulletproof bulletproof five things, but whenever I've seen these five things in a young adult, they are killing it. One is know your calling. Ephesians four one says, "Walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called." You could probably stop with a whole lot of people right there. Oh yeah, with most young one. adults don't even know what they feel called to do in their purpose in life, and they're Christians. I'm like, you are the most purpose filled person of all people. Of all and people, you don't know what you want to do, especially when I meet juniors or seniors at the end of college. And they are paying so much money and maybe even know they're going to go in debt. And then you ask them, so what are you going to do afterwards? Uh, I don't know. It's like that is so popular not yeah. to know what your calling is. Yeah. And it's not even accept. It's not. It should be so expected. You need to know that. Second is then you find some people that one, they do know their calling. But then two, are you doing anything about it right now? You mm, do not need to wait good. for permission, an opportunity, a degree. Just do whatever you can do that's remotely close to walking in your calling. Uh, the, even, again, First Timothy 4.12 talks about that. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Start pouring time into and immerse yourself in your calling is what it says. The third one is um, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they Ooh. people that know their calling and are they people that walk in their calling? I would say you have the... It's really confusing and difficult. This one's so hard for Christians specifically because most Christians do hang out with Christians, but most Christians don't hang out with Christians that take initiative on their calling. Mm. So do your <laughs> friends... You just said... you saying so much right now. <laughs> like, do your friends know what you feel called to do? If they don't, then that's on you. You need to start... You got speaking. good new friends. This is, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or start telling them because they, so, they, obviously they don't know. And they're wasting time. And a lot of people do time. know, though, I've noticed, and they don't hold them accountable. So my thing is, like, if a year went by and you didn't take one step let's say you want i mean let's say you want to go into business or start a business or impact human trafficking one of those two you feel called to that those Everyone, are very extreme those yeah are- <laughs> yeah or whatever it is maybe you want to be a musician that's yeah. whatever you want to do and you feel like god wants to use that um if you didn't do anything this whole year that has helps you get there would your friends hold you accountable or would they even notice would they even bring up the conversation wow. if not you have good christian friends and that's sweet and kind and awesome but <laughs> they are not the ones that value the call of god on their life that's going to say hey what are you either what you're are you serious about this or you're not but don't tell me that's what you want to do if you're not going to do anything about it yeah. um, and not just uh, rebuke you but encourage you help you uh, hold you accountable in a good way those three things are game changers the fourth one would be um, getting discipled, find someone that is already walking in the calling you want to be walking in that's older than you, that has wisdom, that's usually in the church, yeah. and ask them if you can not only just meet with them one-on-one. Um, 
I was discipled in the first two years of the Christian walk. It was pivotal for the trajectory of the rest of my life. And I only met with him two times one-on-one. But what I did meet with him all the time is just go hang out with him, yeah. spend time with him, follow mm-hmm. him. He empowered me. He gave me some of his work. And he gave me responsibilities that weren't due or warranted by my age. Do that with an older adult. And they don't have time. But if you say, I don't want you to add me into your calendar, just add, like... Add me as addition to what you're already doing yeah. in your calendar. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll been, jump on it. They'll say, sure. Yeah. yeah, you can come along. Yeah. Um, and then they'll start inviting you. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. then you're being exposed to a world you never, you normally would be if all you do is hang out with young yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth one is have a diversity of uh, people that disciple you, disciple you and a diversity of people you spend time with. And I'm talking about race, age, and uh, denomination. I've just noticed that Whenever I meet a young adult now, and if he's really mature or she's really mature, I just straight go to the point, who discipled you? I know you were discipled. And almost every time it's like, you know what? Maybe I didn't know I was being discipled, but there was this guy or this woman um, that let me do this, and it really taught me this. I said, he spoke life into me. And even 1 Timothy 4.12, and I'll end on this, where it says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Two verses later for all the young adults that say, hey, don't look down on me because I'm young. It says two verses later, immerse yourself in your calling. So if you're not walking your calling, just please shut up. Two, <laughs> please. Like, two is it says in your calling and your gifting will be identified by the laying hands of elders and the prophecy of elders. So wow. it's not separated. You need to be in community and relationship with older people that can identify that. Even me, I think of this older man when I was 16, the first time I ever spoke. I watch it now. I cringe. It was terrible. I mumbled so much. <laughs> but this guy saw something I didn't see. And yeah. he, I don't remember his face. And he said, you should think about going to seminary. There's a couple people I can think about that did that. That really meant more than if just some young person said that. And we also don't. We crit- The younger generation criticizes ourselves and yes, each other. We, do. we don't mm-hmm. speak life into each other much. While the older generation can't wait to see young adults that are taking initiative. Man, that is so so true. I mean, those five steps right there, those are major. Are game changers. Yeah. Those are life changers. And and so, talking about the one specific person that you said that actually identified that calling mm-hmm. in you, like everyone has that person um that has really been able to kind of steer you in that direction. Like right. maybe some have more than one, but there's always like I can pinpoint one specific person that introduced me into the you know possibility of me even like loving management and like mm-hmm. being capable of actually managing a venue or a club or an artist or anything like that like I can his name is Omar Jawar I hope he's listening right now um we definitely have to have him on but okay. Omar was like my one guy that was like mm-hmm. hey I think I see something in you and I'm gonna let you manage this Christian club that we just saw and I was like what yep. <laughs> wait pump your hands out hold on boy are you ready <laughs> but he saw that in me he saw the potential in me yeah. So I think that it's really important to, and some people don't, some people aren't connected with discipleship. They don't know what that means. That's basically mentorship, right? That's basically connecting with someone that is doing what you're doing and doing it better than what you're Mm -hmm. doing and already kind of accomplished at it. And you're saying, hey, let me connect to you in some type of way, right? Right. Exactly. And by the same token, on, on the other side of it, it's important for older people to encourage the younger generation please don't be afraid to speak that's the kind of stuff that we value so much yeah. we look we are looking for value yeah absolutely um, and, and encouragement lo- and we're looking for encouragement and so if you know somebody if there's somebody that's around you um, that you see that is really trying to make a difference or you see something in them please don't be afraid to speak on that speak yeah. life yeah and speak life I would say to young adults because I speak to the older generation a lot when I say these types of things in the older generation 
of churches uh, will ask me to come speak and say, share with us, then help us disciple, help us speak live, help us reach millennials. And nine times out of 10, honestly, and this hit me really difficult. I've had older women uh, look me in my eye and even men say, we have dropped the ball in discipling you guys. But honestly, do you really think young adults want to learn anything from a person like me? Like almost in tears, like wow. we're wow. worthless. They don't care about what we have to say. That's they think sad. we're out of date. They think we're behind. And you know, when I really thought about it, I think we do give off that persona of mm-hmm. they're yeah. from the past. We, we got a new way. Yeah, we know. Like yeah. you guys are so traditional and old school. You don't. You're not relevant anymore. Yeah. Um. So I could see how they would be scared to think. What would they want to learn from me? Yeah. And I, I think that plays into the bridging the gap. You know, I think exactly. that that's the that's the reason why the gap is so big and it's mm-hmm. and it's continually ex- expanding because we, we don't want to hear what they have to say. Right. And I and I think that sometimes it's a a way of communication. Like you know, the young generation doesn't they don't know how to communicate with the old generation and vice versa. Right. You know, so it's more of a let me tell you what you need to do, and we saying oh we already know what to do You're instead right. of saying let me help it. you. Mm-hmm. Let me let me give you some advice and words of wisdom to do what you're doing even better mm-hmm. right. from past experiences. Mm-hmm. So, Grant, thank you so, so, thank so you. much. Yeah, Grant, how do we find on. you? Uh, what, are we talking about social media? Yes. yes. You want oh. me to throw out my number like Mike Jones? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Oh. do it. Mike Jones. 281-330. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, uh, Grant Skeldon is my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook. Uh, Initiative Network is the website, .org initiativenetwork.org and so um, we're going to be posting this on our social media these five things that you need to do because number one know your calling number two are you doing your calling (laughs) that will be key number three why are you I mean who are you surrounding yourself with number four get discipled get mentored and then number five have a diversity of people that you spend time with Let's go, Grant. Yeah. Let's go, Grant. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, you guys. So we're going to play a little bit of music. Um, next up, we got Shy Speaks. And this song is called Go. So listen to these uh, words yeah. because we are telling you to <laughs> go. All right. All right. And unlock those gates to your dreams, your vision, your life, your calling. It's so clean how it start building when you start rolling like snowballing. Wanna start an avalanche? We're golden girl like Blanche. We're golden guy like 007 with a golden gun. And his hands on his knees from the squeeze and he figured it popping. With his head bobbing, headphones on, playing real hot. Listen to living my life like it's golden. Living my life like I'm Jill Scott. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me, I'm talking to us. But that crisscross thinking that's gonna make you miss the bus. And that'll be backwards. I'm not holding back. Words. I'm saying whatever comes to my chest that'll make you play. No actors, now move. Why you waiting on them for? Better get you some urgency. This an emergency like 10-4. Overs, what the game's gonna be. When them points start to tally, best believe new supporters gonna rally. Like what I know what from? I wanna right. be, know what I wanna All achieve. Right. But really, I okay. don't know if anybody else okay. believe. Oh. I want me some confirmation right. to give me a little right. peace. That's what I was okay. waiting on, but God okay. gave me release. He said, oh. Go, 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 go
scared to say go? Oh, let me go get in the flow. Let me find out that I am a poet and I ain't even know it. And you ain't even know. You ain't even know? We all got a talent, he say. Let me get out of me way. Now I'm so serious by working me gift work. I'm starting to sound like a slave talking. That rat chair could probably make me some cheddar. But I want it packaged up in something that's better. What's that? Oh, I thought you never asked, so let me tell you. Let me define. I want it divine. So divine, no Loretta. You waiting to excel, surpass or exceed. You don't believe you have the affirmation that you need. That used to be me. I used to write it in my journal. Till I realized that everything I needed was internal. So that business, new profit, new book, new diet. Wanna try it? Go, go like DC. You got it. That's probably where your wealth is. That's hidden truth with no Tupac. Like how your soul gon' prosper. And you not. I know what I wanna be. Know what I wanna achieve. But really, I don't know if anybody else believe. I want me some confirmation to give me a little peace. That's what I was waiting on, but God gave me release. He said, Go.
everybody. Welcome back to Live Chat Radio. You just listened to Maddie Michelle's new single, New Listen, Love. Listen, you love that song. I love that I song, I wonder honey. why. I wonder why. I know, right? So make sure that you go download that because it is now available on all social media outlets, iTunes, Amazon. I'm, I feel like a commercial right now. It's okay. But anyway. Congratulations, so, hey, Maddie. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. So we have a special guest in our studio today. Yes. Right now in the studio we have, I like to call him my mayor because I feel like I've known him for a really long time. Right? Mayor Carl Sherman of the city of DeSoto. Welcome. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. So Grant had deep voice. Mayor has politic voice. Definitely politic voice. I love that actually. <laughs> I love his voice. It's great. We love it. Is that what it is? A politic voice? <laughs> it is. Politician voice? It's kind of like a politician preacher-ish Okay. Voice Thank a you. Yeah. A little hybrid there. <laughs> yeah. A little hybrid. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're looking for actually. So I pastor and, and I am a politician too. Well, your voice fits the part. Well, great. <laughs> awesome. So, Mayor, it's authentic. <laughs> oh, we know. Okay. All right. We can tell. Didn't want you to think that I'm posturing or something. No, I, we know you were not posturing. Okay. <laughs> That's a good word. If I were, That's a good I would word. be better than this, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little okay. bit. Just a right. smidget. But yeah. I like it, though. This is well, good. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. That's awesome. Okay. So, Mayor Sherman, tell us a little bit about who you are. Where you're the mayor, I just told you guys that. That's in DeSoto. Tell us what's going on in the city of DeSoto. Talk to us. Well, a little bit about who I am. I'm, in, I'm the uh, 20th mayor of the city of, the all-American city of DeSoto, the largest oh, yeah. city in the best southwest with over 52,000 folks. And uh, I'm the husband of Michelle Sherman. Hi, Michelle. Hi. <laughs> We've been married for over 27 years. Wow. We have uh, five kids. Uh, and two grandkids. Our oldest son, Carl Jr., is on the DeSoto School Board. Uh, and uh, Ryan Marie, she's 25, proud of her. And uh, then there's uh, Ellis Mitchell, he's 20. And Aaron, she's 17. Jordan, he's 16. And then I've got uh, some uh, others like Veronica, uh, Carl's wife. <laughs> Right uh, and our grandkids, and then Johanna is my daughter too. Uh, Man, I'm so proud of you right wow. now. Like you're remembering ages. I know. Remembering like occupations. <laughs> That's great. This is impressive, actually. <laughs> Incredibly. And everyone is almost at the house. You say your youngest is. Well, years. yeah, we have two at the home. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, you know, uh, this year one will be graduating, and so that will leave us one. Wow. That's home. great. So. We're going through, uh, you know, uh, children withdrawal. Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. That's After twenty, you said you've been married twenty-seven years. So yeah. y'all are not ready for like the house to be empty with the kids gone and no, <laughs> no. <laughs> he doesn't have to comment you on don't that. Even, okay, okay. Just in case, right. because they're yeah. listening right now. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. I mean, <laughs> but, but you know, no. I, I, uh, I. Excuse me. I love my family. Yeah, absolutely. So, That's great. yeah. So. You know, but we always have dinner every Sunday yeah. after church. So. All right. Y'all are yeah. close. I love yeah. it. Great. So tell yeah. us about what's going on in DeSoto. Uh, a lot of things are happening in the city of DeSoto. I think our citizens are going to be really uh, surprised. Uh, when, when I came into office, uh, my first meeting with our city manager, uh, Jim Ball, he indicated to me, Mr. Mayor, the financial report that I have to show you, and you know, these are words that are sort of branded yeah. in my mind. He <laughs> says, the financial report that I'm about to show you, sir, is the worst that I've ever seen in 40 years that I've been a city manager. Wow. 
we've lost over a quarter of a billion in assessed tax value. When, I don't have to tell you, when your community depends on uh, property taxes, Mm -hmm. over 70% of the budget at that time was sustained by property taxes, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And so he began to name, uh, he had a list of employees uh, and asked me who I wanted to lay off. My position was that we would not lay off anyone. His commitment to me was that we would not have any furloughs. And by the grace of God, not only have we prevailed, we have excelled. Our uh, sales tax revenue uh, has, uh, you know, seen some significant uh, uh, growth uh, in in that area. Uh, Our property tax uh, continues to be strong. Mm-hmm. and has rebound. Uh, but I think the story in our sales tax revenue, as we've changed the paradigm of doing business in the city of DeSoto with economic development, uh, it, you know, it's, it's gratifying to know uh, that it's worked. Yeah. yeah. When you have all those naysayers saying, you know, continue with the status quo. Right. Everybody complains about sometimes the way conditions are, but there are, very seldom new ideas to make things that better. are accepted. Yeah, sure. Right. And so you just continue to do the same thing you've been doing and think that in somehow, some way, it's going to work change. now. Right. Yeah. But we changed and uh, we got the major deal that we got uh, to really change things around was Kohl's. Kohl's, uh, it's not a distribution center like some thought, it's an e commerce facility. Hmm which means that we realize sales tax revenue from that. And so let me just tell you, just real quickly, if you look at the four major cities of the Best Southwest. Mm -hmm. Pause. What is the Best Southwest? What is the Best Southwest? The Best Southwest is comprised of 12 cities. They are DeSoto, Cedar Hill, Duncanville, Lancaster, Midlothian, Red Oak, Hutchins, Wilmer, Ferris, Ovilla, Glen Heights, Ball Springs. So south of the Trinity River, but past Oak Cliff. Right? Yes. Okay. Everything. You mean I could have just said that without yeah, you could. listing all those things? <laughs> okay. It sounded good, though, that you actually knew all 12. That was yeah. Because okay. we're right. learning that people impressive. don't know what the best Southwest is. No. The best people in the best Southwest don't even know what the best Southwest is. They don't is. even know they're you in know, the best Southwest. That's a high five moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, you just taught them. So now, the four <laughs> major cities are... Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Duncanville, and Lancaster. Okay. Okay. We are the largest with 52,000 in DeSoto, a little more. But of those cities, the behemoth of uh, sales tax revenue. Behemoth is a word. (laughs) It's a pretty big word, actually. Okay, the behemoth of sales. We're ready. Keep going. I have Mm -hmm. to do the context. The number one sales tax (laughs) generator in that region is Cedar Hill. Right. Uh, they generate between twelve to fifteen million dollars in sales tax revenue sure. each year because of the mall. The mall, yeah, that's absolutely. right. Now, which I just read an article about that today. Okay, well, hold that. I will. Desoto, <laughs> Lancaster, and Duncanville uh, do about five to six million in sales tax revenue each year. There's mm. parity in sales tax revenue between those three okay. cities. That is until we change the paradigm in doing business in the city of Desoto. Okay, and right. now our city. Uh, for the first time uh, and done it consistently, we've shattered the million-dollar sales tax revenue wow, that's for great. each month. Uh, for, for For several months, we've done that. So we are going to, we are on the heels 
of uh, doing Seabrook? yes, right on, Close. without giving up all that space. That's yeah. And so Desoto is the largest out of the four. So where does Cedar Hill fall in that? Is that like Cedar Hill is number two? Number two, okay. Uh, with about forty-seven thousand, I believe. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight thousand. Right. Uh, Duncanville is number three. Really, and then Lancaster. So answer me this, Mayor Sherman, um, because you said something that is right in the pocket of what we're talking about. You talked about presenting new ideas and how it's difficult to present new ideas amongst a group of people that's used to doing something in a traditional way. So how do you, as a leader, as the mayor, how do you position yourself to be able to present new ideas? How do you deal with conflicting viewpoints? Like, what what is your process? Yeah. Felicia Benton. Sir. May I call you Felicia Benton? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, I I think that that really it comes down to uh, modeling what you say. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those principles don't catch up to practice and that individuals will say, we're open to new ideas. Uh, I was with your earlier guest, Grant, at a breakfast this morning, and uh, at that breakfast, the Texas Rangers executives were talking. They opened up the dialogue for how do we get more uh, folks in Dallas and the south suburban areas to be more engaged. And with the Rangers? With baseball and wow. the Rangers. Huh. Okay. Okay. So, so now... <laughs> Usually what would happen is they would ask the question and then they would proceed to tell us what their plan is. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. What the Rangers did was they simply asked the question and they literally paused and paused and paused until they exhausted every individual's input that wanted to express their ideas and their concerns. And that's really where it begins, is hmm. that you really have to demonstrate that you truly believe wow. that at the end of the day, none of us is as smart as, as all of us. That's mm-hmm. so very true. Basically, listening is important to listen to everyone's viewpoint and like suggestions, right? I think there's a scripture that says that. Yeah, well, what is that scripture? Yes, Mayor Sherman, Pastor, Pastor, Sherman, Pastor Sherman, Pastor Sherman, Pastor Mayor. May I call you Pastor Mayor? <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as you call me, I'm fine. Okay? <laughs> but that's true, though. Like you, ha- it's really important to to listen and actually hear what everyone's viewpoint and feedback is, because that's really where you get all the good ideas from everyone else. Not everyone else, but you know, it's, certainly, yeah, certainly. Desoto, we've just been launched a new uh, software. It's called uh, crowdsourcing. Uh, that's the technical name for it, but we call it. Engaged is so. I saw that on your Facebook you page, did. social media guy. Okay, you did. Well, well, we we did that. Uh, Kathy Jones and and uh, our folks uh, Tracy Lavinka and and our city manager Dr. Richardson and and Renee Johnson and all the folks that are involved in that. And that's really uh, a uh, opportunity to uh, really engage with folks who are in their teens and their 20s and their 30s and 40s because they're not coming to city hall for a city council meeting right they're very long yeah (laughs) absolutely can't get that in a tweet huh (laughs) okay that's good good yeah they they are 
But it does take time, sure. obviously, mm-hmm. to uh, formulate uh, ideas uh, so that you can come up with policies that make sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they've got to be vetted. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that is an evolution, I think, uh, that has not necessarily been good for us is that everything is quick, fast. Sure. You know, text messaging and right. everything. Don't get me wrong. I embrace it. I believe in it. Good. Yeah. Texting. That's good. It's necessary. You have to be. So old You have, you have now, to be in the, the technological yeah. generation right now because everyone's doing it. Everyone's on the computers, text messages, tablets, phones, like. Everywhere. Yeah. Right. Everywhere. For That's sure. right. That's right. So, so in order to really uh, make those new ideas to get past the status quo, I, I think you've got to start that dialogue. Yeah. And uh, I think you've got to celebrate uh, the ideas. Yeah. Not all ideas are going to be uh, effective. And we must get to the point where we understand that my intellectual property is not really personal. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some people get married to their ideas. And yeah, you're they, right. They yeah, put they emotional do. equity into those ideas. Well, you can't be that way because, uh, you know, your idea may not be the one uh, that is, you know, resonating with the people. happens all the time on Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love that show. People get really emotionally connected to (laughs) their ideas and then they take them to Kevin and he hates them. Yeah, and and they all like basically ripped them to shreds. Yeah, and they spent their time and energy and effort into this idea and they didn't go and talk to Mayor Sherman about whether or not that was a good good idea idea or not. not. It's good to like to partner with people (laughs) that like if you have (laughs) (laughs) if you have like five good ideas then you can probably generate one great idea. A half a one at least. At least a half one. Yeah, Yeah. I mean it's it's important to be around like-minded people that are kind of thinking on the same page, right? That's what Grant said earlier. You agree with that, Mayor? Well, I do, and and I think the the chances of success are probably even slimmer than that. I mean, KFC's Colonel Sanders. I mean, mm-hmm. almost a thousand ideas that he had, but it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, wow. Edison, same thing. Right. You know, so so we have to understand that rejection is a part of, of the, the process. process. Oh, that's good. Yes. And, and no doesn't mean no. It simply means new opportunity. So if we understand that, we're simply uh, vetting and, and eliminating uh, the ideas that may not be relevant at right. the time. Right. Sometimes it's an idea ahead of its time. You're right. Yeah. How do you how do you get past the rejection? I think a lot of people stop at the rejection level. Like once yeah. they, you know, have this really great idea or this great song or this great initiative that they want to present to the world. And then you have the naysayers or the people that are saying, oh, that's a terrible idea. How do you move past that level of rejection to continue on because the the point is to continue to go right to keep having that willingness to continue well i I think you got to delineate the difference between purpose and passion yeah these words delineate i love it i think he has a word of the day on his (laughs) delineate (laughs) delineate. whatever you 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 gotta really uh establish a clear line of demarcation between your passion and your purpose. Mm. A lot of times, I think we confuse our passion yeah. with our purpose. And you can have a zeal, but not according to knowledge, right? Yeah. So, That's in the Bible as okay, well. Right? Okay, so, I so, read that book. <laughs> I, I think it's the number one seller. So anyway, yeah, so, of all so, time. <laughs> so if you understand that your passion is just yours, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It is 
uh, authentic to you, but your purpose is also. Mm. Yeah. Then you don't mix the two. You, you shouldn't marry the two because when your passion uh, is uh, associated with an idea, mm-hmm. when it's when it is intricately connected yeah. like that, when it's married to it, it will destroy you. Wow. So wow. you have to get to the point where your passion is connected to your purpose, mm. not your idea. That's good. Come they on, have to now. go and dissect Come that. On well, then, then your idea is rejected, right? Mm-hmm. But that's okay. It doesn't reject my purpose because ultimately my, my goal, my purpose is that I want to help save people yeah. on their electric bill. I'm just throwing something out right. there. Then if TU Electric, TXU, uh-huh. TXU, TXU is mm-hmm. not the company, then that's okay. It's something else. And, right. And I, I just know that there are other conduits there. Yeah. But as long as I keep my focus, my purpose. That's good. That's really good. Thank you for going into pastor mode right there. I love that. That, that, actually. that was a yep. word. Yep. You just it gave was. a word to the people. It was. And okay. that's well, okay. It's all connected okay. to your yeah, passion and your purpose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like connecting your passion to your purpose. So you guys catch that. Like don't connect your passion to your idea because your idea can be rejected. Right. right. That's so right. connect your passion to, to your, your purpose. purpose. Right. And that goes back to actually knowing exactly what your purpose is. Well, then what happens is that whenever someone uh, takes, becomes a surrogate of your purpose mm. because of your passion, then you see that being an help. Yeah. Not a hindrance. Yeah. See, a lot of times people are not open to other ideas because they've gotten married to their idea, not their purpose. Yes. And so when surrogates get around them and they start talking about their idea, they see it as criticism. Right. right, right and right. so it's like, oh, well, I'm going to show them. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Well, no, right. you may not show them because you have to understand that you have to have a critical mass right. of folks who... Believe in it. Oh, that's my right. goodness. Yeah. That's right. So and that ties into what Grant was saying. That was like one of the five things that he said, right? You have to be around people that understand what your purpose is and they encourage you in that, right? So right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, you have to be around people that encourage the you. The way Grant speaks, I got to believe he's a disodian. <laughs> a disodian. I don't if, think if so. not yet. He said that he's later. from Louisville, so that's not DeSoto. He's <laughs> holding up the L's right now. My oldest daughter lives in. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, so, last quick question, because I know you got to get out of here. So, quick question: Let's say I am a young person and I'm passionate about the community. Is being a, in politics a place for me? Is that? something I should explore. I'm not speaking to myself. I'm speaking hypothetically to all the people who might be listening and want to do that. Not me. <laughs> not you. Felicia Ben. Sir. You you could if you wanted to, if you desired. Uh, and I could absolutely. also play basketball if I wanted to and desired. So. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I am inspired uh, case in point by our DeSoto ISD school board. Uh, you have Warren C., who's the president, who was elected as the youngest school board member in not just the state of Texas, but the entire United States. Wow. Uh, How old is he? He is now 26, 27, wow. but he's been on the school board for a while. Yeah. And then 
there is uh, Carl Sherman Jr. He's on the school board, same age. Uh, there is uh, Aubrey, Aubrey Hooper, mm-hmm. uh, my nephew. He's you know they were uh, highlighted as a part of the under thirty group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Van Striplin. He's in his forties. Hey Van. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and 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 there I are think, other. I think Van is still trying to claim the thirties. Is he? Yeah, let Maybe. it go. Let okay. It go, boo. <laughs> okay. Uh, so so I think what happens when young people get involved is that you see this energy uh, of new ideas. Yeah. That are deployed in our community. Right. And more people get involved. Uh, in the community, there's a civic pride that takes place. It's sort of like what happens even in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. When you elect a younger president, young people get involved in canvassing, campaigning. Yeah. Uh, like with Senator, former Senator Obama, now President Barack Hussein Obama. You know, that changes things. Yes. Yeah. And so young people, I would, I would encourage you, 19, 20, whatever age you are, Start getting involved. Join the Rotary Club. You know, some a lot of times you have to be older to join the Rotary Club. Uh, I was the youngest uh, president ever elected of the Rotary Club in DeSoto and the first African-American. Wow. You've got to get involved with the Chamber of Commerce. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, volunteer your time. Volunteerism is the starting point. And people get to know that you are really... Uh, concerned about your community and uh, your HOAs, mm-hmm. your homeowners association. I was going to ask you yeah. to break that down. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, volunteer your time. Uh, volunteer to pick up litter in the community because if you don't, nobody will. That's very true. Uh, so there's a place to start for everyone. There is a place to And there's start. room for young people to be involved there. Yes, beyond beyond the church pews. Yeah, uh, you better speak on it. That's very important. <laughs> oh, goodness, because most people stop there. Like they don't, they don't step outside of the pews to they really do. be a and part of the so community. Much work to be done. There's so much work. I mean, yeah. like you said, volunteering, picking up litter, like wherever, like meals on wheels. Yeah, and, and you know, when you touch all those people, then it becomes your base, right, for right. running for office. Because as long as you are sincere mm-hmm. and authentic meaning you're the same in private as you are in public, mm. then people will buy you. Wow. Because that's all, you know, elected office that's is really is. folks are buying you. Yeah. Mm. Voting is a sense, is a form of currency. Wow. And yeah. everybody gets one vote. Yeah. That's what I love about the democratic system because it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. But unfortunately, what's happening in our politics today, it's so polarizing, so divided, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, that... People are not transcending politics. They're no longer doing that. It's it's very hard for someone to get up and speak about hope and believe. Right. When the president said three weeks ago, I guess it's or maybe four weeks ago, I was in uh, Washington mm-hmm. and at the White House, and uh, we were some mayors. We were there in the congressional room, and when the president said in its State of the Union, "I still believe." Mm. Yeah. I still have hope. That touched me because here is a president who perhaps there has never been a president who has been so disrespected hmm. oh to be goodness. giving your State of the Union and have a congressman stand up and say you lie. Wow. wow. 
to have secret service that forget to lock the door? Mm, 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 I mean, mm. and he stands up and says, I still believe. Yeah. I still have hope. Yeah, well, that's a testament. Yeah. Young people, we need you to vote in every election hmm. because sadly, you know, we're not getting involved. We act as though the local elections don't matter. Man. Yeah, they matter yeah. so much. Yeah, I think they're, they I think do. they're almost more important than national. the national yeah. because we establish exactly who's in place to make those type of decisions. Right? And to advocate for us for Absolutely. It, to do all of those different things. Yeah, We're it's about starting local. Starting yeah. local first. And you can touch those people. They are right there, accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom. Mr. Just Mayor pound, just came. I just pounded the mayor. <laughs> Let's go. Let's That's go. what I'm talking about. Turn down for lit. <laughs> and, and, and may I just say, echo that point, uh, example of why that's important, as you said, the local elections are so important. Uh, I, when I was elected as mayor in 2010, my first term, I used to get calls from mothers who would call and say that my child uh, was pulled over by our officers and they felt like they were not treated fairly. Mm-hmm. In 2011, with our new city manager and uh, of course, you know, been there since 2010. We deployed body cams on all of our patrol officers. Those body cams serve to change behavior. Right, yeah, absolutely. It's behavior modification tools. Those calls went away. Hmm. And they protect both sides. Right, they do. You know, uh, it, uh, you know, we don't get those calls anymore. But also, I had one officer who uh, was accused of something and would have lost his job had it not been for that body for the body, body cam. cam. The wow. evidence that showed that he did not do what it was alleged that he did. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, these local elections are important. Yeah. All right, they City of DeSoto so. with the body cams. Let's go. And you know what? Those things are very expensive. So to know that every police officer yeah. in the City of DeSoto, DeSoto has a body cam. They were ahead of it. They were ahead of the curve. So all of the stuff that's happened nationally in the past couple of years, you guys were already Since taking, 2011. Yeah, that's taking great. preventative measures. That's major. That's very major. I actually just seen something on the news where there was a shooting. I don't even remember what city it was in, but it was in the DFW area. And one of the police officers had a body cam, but the other didn't. And, you know, so this is now becoming an issue because they don't really know. They can't really see the angles and all that kind of stuff. So it's really important that, that's, you know, body right. cams are great. <laughs> you know, you saw in Arizona, perhaps it's made national news, at mm-hmm. least the gentleman who was visiting here from India. And uh, there were calls made to the local police officer, police station there in Arizona, saying that there is a suspicious, there's suspicious activity, a man and he was described as a black man walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And the police came and uh, they arrested him. Yeah, uh, They physically assaulted the man. Mm. And uh, now the governor of that state has apologized to the country of India. Uh, and it's a big deal. You know, yeah. so so they didn't have body cams. They had the car, car dash cams, dash yeah. cams yeah. which is lawful as well. But the body cams do enhance. Yeah, they do. Uh, I think, you know, can you imagine if every pastor had a body cam? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to see the footage. Of, okay. Of the well, I'm just saying. They're, they're, <laughs> so show me. I don't want to say it, actually. <laughs> what, are you, what are you inferring? 
nothing. Oh, nothing. Okay. nothing Thanks, Mayor Sherman, for being on my show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. This is a great interview, and I learned a lot too. So good. Always thanks, Mayor. Okay, guys, we're gonna take a small break, and then when we come back, we're gonna be talking to Mark Letary from Snarky Puppy. Very, very excited. So you guys listen to some music, and we'll be right back. Awesome.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Live Chat Radio. Um, that was a really good interview with the mayor, actually. I enjoyed that. Did you learn some things? I did learn some stuff about DeSoto and the Best Southwest. And I learned that Hutchins was in there, too. You know, I'm a Hutchins chick. Uh, really? Straight up country, boo. Wow. Straight from the country, yeah. I did Hutchins. not know you probably Represent Hutchins. Hutchins, Wilmer. Hey, Hutchins. Yeah. How y'all doing? Lancaster Hutchins Road. Go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, ironic. That's what that is. So um, we have a special guest, another special guest in They're the studio. All special they guests, are Esther. all special Let's guests, Esther. Let's establish that. This is a special music guest. Okay. Okay. This is like our music guest for the day. And um, hey, Mark. Hi. <laughs> That's Mark Letary there. Um, fantastic guitarist, writer, producer, artist in your own right. Like you have your own band and your own CD. Actually, you guys were just listening to some of his music that is a uh, master. Was it Masterpiece that I just played? I think it was. Extra Special. Extra Special. Man, what did I get in Masterpiece? That's so crazy. Know. That's okay. It's um, a good that name for That was Extra Special. He's um, going to jot that down. <laughs> for yeah. Future Fun, next right? Song. Master Next the next one. Yes, correct. <laughs> exactly. So, welcome, Mark. Thank, Thank you so you. much for being on Live Tech Radio. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, for those that, who, whoever that is, I don't know who wouldn't know who you if are. you don't well, know there's Mark. there's probably a lot of people <laughs> that don't. <laughs> Everybody listening to Live Tech Radio probably knows who you are. But okay. just in case they don't, and they've been under a rock. Go ahead and introduce sure. yourself. Uh, in a nutshell, um, I'm from California, but ended up in Texas to go to TCU, which is, where I, met, yeah, which is where I met Felicia. Uh, started playing professionally about 10, nine or 10 years ago wow. uh, in the scene here. And um, that's kind of how it started. And now I tour with a number of people, uh, namely a group called Snarky Puppy. Uh, Who are they? I don't know. Never heard of them. Uh, Yeah. Familiar. I do a lot of session work, recordings, um, both in studio and from my house. Um, And then I also write and record uh, some of my own music and tour under that as well. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. And did you just come recently come off a tour? I know that you guys did the recording last week. But tell me about some touring. Yeah. Well, prior, actually right before the recording, I went out on tour with my trio uh, alongside a group called Ghost Note, which is formed by Robert Seawright and Nate Worth, also of Snarky Puppy. Uh, yeah. And Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles. Corey, oh, man. <laughs> Corey, is, <I> know, <laughs> Corey. crazy hey, name. Fun. Corey is also a, a hey, snarky Funk puppy Apostles. member. So we had this idea that the four of us would kind of do our own little quote unquote side projects tour. Yeah, uh, and it was great. We did uh, ten shows in eleven days. And, wow, um, that's crazy! Really great crowds. And really you guys well, traveled so. from. You started in, in Dallas, right? Yeah, we started here and mm-hmm. just made our way eastward towards Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. It, it totally exceeded our expectations. We were a little worried, you know. Why? Why were you worried? Well, you know, it's our first. It was kind of our first tour. Yeah, out you know, like individual bands. Exactly. And stuff like yeah. That. So we didn't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, people came out, and we had some. I mean, some incredible crowds yeah i've seen some footage so, online yeah. um like people were just kind of doing some feeds about it and it's sounded, right. like phenomenal thanks it, it was so really we're gonna great. do it again for sure great um and then yeah like you said immediately after we finished we drove to new orleans and started working on the snarky puppy family dinner volume two album. Yeah. volume two yeah. volume so two. let's talk about that a little sure. bit like yeah. you guys run a grammy Mm-hmm. Last year mm-hmm. for Snarky, Snarky Puppy Volume One, right? right? Family Dinner. So, like, right. how does that feel to be a Grammy Award winner? Well, I, it's kind of. I mean, it still is surreal a little yeah. bit, you know. Um, but as 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 aside from the fact that it was like you know an incredible experience, I, I don't know if any of us 
really expected it to happen, nor do we go into a musical situation hoping that we're going to win anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good uh, place to be, though. Because this year we were completely passed over. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, well, that's the business. That's, yeah, you know? that's and exactly that's, how it's, You know, the awards are, are cool and it's a blessing and, and we're happy, but it's not why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Why do yeah. you do what you do, Mark Because we suck at everything else. <laughs> That's why. Because uh, if we tried to do though. anything else, we wouldn't be good at it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the point. Like, trying to figure... We just talked about this. Uh, the last two interviews, actually, was talking about purpose, right? So, knowing exactly sure. what you're good at and sticking to it. Yep. Did, did you tell your mama you wanted to be a musician a long time ago? I didn't... Uh, did you know? No. But I think she always was a little scared that maybe I would be. Yeah. You know? Wow. Because um, there was definitely some times, like, in middle school where I should have been doing homework, but instead I was... <laughs> playing guitar in my bedroom. I'm going to see some pictures of you and your dad like playing mm-hmm. guitar. Is that yeah. who you learn from? Um, A little bit, yeah. He plays a very small amount, more of like a casual kind of kind of dude. Um, he's not a professional, mm-hmm. but uh, he was definitely very instrumental in bringing music into the house. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember some of my earliest memories were just listening to him play like Beach Boys songs or wow. something like that, or you know, even just like nursery rhymes on the guitar, yeah. just me sitting and listening to it. So, so what were you in denial when you went into college because <laughs> you just said that you studied um, maybe at PR, maybe and, secretly? Yeah. yeah, no, I did go to school and get a degree in ad PR, and and thought that I really wanted to do that. Like it, it was something that definitely interested me, and I think. I thought that I would just maybe play in a band on the weekend. Yeah, whoops. Well, I, I met Mark <laughs> in gospel choir. So Yay. that's weird, right? Yeah, she was talking about that earlier. Yeah, so first of all, TCU has a gospel choir. You're welcome. Yeah. With African And there was a time people. when I was the only musician in the band. And we were what? dope. Do you because remember that? Yeah, what do you absolutely. Mean? The only musician. Well, How does that work? That, that's because Mark was the only musician. <laughs> yeah, like it went in waves. Like when I first started, there was myself and a good friend of mine that was playing drums. Yeah. He's John. in New York He's or in something. New York, yeah. yeah. And then I think we we would sometimes get people from the community to play like keyboards. Whenever we uh-huh. could, yeah. yeah. Scrape them up. And then, but then there were a few us. times when we'd have a show at a church and it would be just be yes, guitar. Yeah. Wow. So we made it work, though. That is interesting. Comping. Weird. That's like the college. <laughs> Gospel choir experience, totally, though, because totally. it happened the same thing in Midwest well, State. here's all the strange things about that formula. So you have TCU. Mm-hmm. Hello, TCU. Yep. Which were my people. Like, I went to school with white people, and then I went <laughs> to TCU. There were some more white people. There were lots and lots of them. And I, that was, was in lot. my I was in my pocket. Listen, I was in my pocket. And then I found out there were black people there, and they were they had a, a Christian had a step team. Oh, Shout out to goodness. Dr. Gillery. Listen, we were good. I met my best friend there. He's my child's step. he's my so child's crazy. godfather. He was Mexican. We had a Mexican, uh, a couple white people, and a little some black people, right? And yeah. then the gospel <laughs> choir, TCU. And then there's white boy soul that comes along, and that's Mark Latieri. And it messed you up. It messed it? y'all up. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, it made it made it complete because we had the Mexican, we had white boy soul, and we had us. We were just like the most dynamic. That was group. a fun group. I it remember was a going great group. I remember going ice skating with <laughs> the choir. One time. That is so funny. Why? Really ice skating. Because Way too much for TCU. Like social. A Christmas social. Yeah. Or something. yeah. Social. That's what <laughs> that you do in college. That is yeah. so funny. So it's weird because I know you as me. I forgot that you studied at PR because I, I did too. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you go in, you say I'm going to study at PR, and then you end up being a Grammy Award well, musician. I'll tell you how it happened. Tell us. I please. I had a band in college, and we played as much as we possibly could without anybody caring, mm-hmm. uh, and then. After college, I had sort of like, I just waited too long to apply anywhere. 
for a job um, because I was I was on the track team at TCU and so most of our weekends you are weird you knew that yeah doing I forgot. a lot so most of our weekends or time when kids were going into like to New York to for job interviews we were having track meets Got so you. I just never got around to like applying anywhere yeah. until after graduation and that's when I sent in my applications. And all the positions were filled. Yeah. So I couldn't get hired anywhere. Yeah. So I was like, well, crap. I mean, if I'm going to try and make a go at this music thing, I might I as well do, do it, it. now. Yeah, so exactly. I got a part-time gig at a really tiny little marketing, like uh, promotional products sales company that I got through a friend who was a drummer mm-hmm. who was in a band that I was playing with. And he was like, well, my buddy owns this company. Maybe he'll hire you, you know, part-time. Yeah. So I did that. I worked part-time for like three years. And then just busted my butt doing every gig I could possibly yeah. find. Do y'all hear that artists and musicians out there? You have that's to major. Your I mean, it was butt. like it that's was, a, well, that's a, with everything, with everything, yeah. especially when you're trying to pursue a full time. Like that's yeah. the only way you gonna make the progress. I remember one time calling my boss, telling him I wasn't gonna come in the next day because I was pulling an all nighter at the studio with Robert Seawright, and I was sleeping underneath a <laughs> drum blanket. Wow, <laughs> this is too much. That's awesome. Like we were, I don't know what we were doing. We I weren't think, taking selfies then. No, we were just gr- trying to just grinding on some tunes that he and I and, and John John Webb had sort of mm-hmm. kind of just worked on or whatever. And I just remember calling my boss and be like, "Yeah, I'm sleeping under a drum blanket. Yeah, I'm, I'm not probably gonna make it not in today." Come in. And he was like, "That's Stop. cool, man." And God bless him. Robert Perez was the nicest boss in the world. He was just like, look, this kid's going to go play music. I'm just going to let him come and go when he pleases. <laughs> so, Mark, you've slept on our couch before, actually. At our I house. did. That? At, your, at your mom's house. Yeah, grandma's exactly. House. Yeah. At the ranch. That's we slept on a lot of couches. A, a lot yeah. of couches. Uh, you have a lot of couches. Pre-Grammy and post-Grammy, there have been some couches. <laughs> and somehow sleeping. out of there, you got a wife. Like I don't know how that happened. <laughs> She's so beautiful. She's in the studio, too. <laughs> You got like a, how, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you got married, like doing all this whole process. So how was that? How was married life? It, it's great. It's the best. She's yeah. the best. That's so sweet. She's, She's like blushing be. over there. Yeah. Okay. So let's, I know let's, uh, we have a lot of people listening that are, you know, music lovers, of course. So yeah. I have some music questions for okay. you. So um, when I listen to your record, which I love, by the way. Thank you. Um, so you have a signature sound. Do I? You do. You have a signature face. You do. Well, you definitely have you a signature like face. You have like that. But you have face. Yeah, you oh, have a geez. sound like anyone that's worked with you. And I've talked to a lot of producers and um, artists in general that have worked with you in the past, and like they are in love with your sound. So, where did your sound come from? Like, what inspired it? And like, how do you sure. keep up with that? Type sure. Of- well, I, that's interesting that you say that because I think I think other people probably hear something in my playing that I don't, mm. you know? Cause it's like, I think it sounds like one thing and they probably think it sounds like something else. Yeah. Like they hear those things that they can identify it as me. Um, but for me, I've always just been a student of, of any kind of guitar playing, uh, whether or not I've mastered it or not. Um, I've always tried to at least absorb something yeah. from mm-hmm. it. And so I think for me, what's been good you know, a good skill to have for my career is just being being versatile, but also being authentic in yeah. those styles. That seems to be the key um, word yeah, today. Authentic. And so, like, if I feel like if I get called to do a country session, I I can play that type of music with authenticity. Yeah. Just like if I get called to do a hip hop session, I can play that authentically. Yeah. Um. So I think just a little bit of advice for for musicians: it's good to know styles, but it's good to really study like the nuances of what makes those styles unique mm, that's, really that's key. kind of how you are able to then communicate properly yeah. rather than just like you know like i could play a, a blues lick 
but there's a difference between just playing a blues lick and actually playing it like a blues musician would play yeah. it. Um, yeah, I like think, feeling it. Yeah. Sure. Feel it. Yeah. I think that should resonate for whatever you do. Like whatever it is that you do, especially if you want to be known for doing something. Yeah. Like you have to have a way that you do it that is authentic and interesting and makes people want to use you and give you money for doing what it is that you do. Yeah. Because if not, they can get Joe Blow off the street who mm-hmm. can strum the guitar yeah. as well. Well, exactly. maybe they can't get Joe Blow from off the Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they can. They and they can do. Get Joe Blow. Yeah. They do get Joe Blow. It, it might cost less money. <laughs> but he's not Mark Letary. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Felicia, you're hilarious. Okay, so um, I, I, I totally agree with that. Like, trying to make sure that an artist, if you're listening, I hope you're listening right now, like, you have to study your, your craft, right? And not expect people to just pay you off the bat because you say that you know how to sing a song or strum a guitar like, no because it's all about being, being different right so sure. like again talking about that signature sound like you have to have something that no one can find anywhere else that's why they choose you to play on records and tour and play with snarky puppy sure. like every time i heard your solo i was like that's mark even when i wasn't looking at the video i could always tell cool. that you were standing out with just your sound so right without even phenomenal. looking at his mark face uh, yeah exactly because he definitely has a mark face uh-oh. um so okay tell me this because you're you're competing not even necessarily competing in the industry with so many guitars but there's mm. so many guitars out there how do you sure. differentiate yourself like oh, how do you gosh. stay separate well, you know, it turns out if you, if you show up on time and you're prepared, oh. Uh, oh. people want to call you back. <laughs> you just hurt so many people. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is I don't so mean weird. that in any, when any sort of like darkness wow. or anything. But uh, but it, you know, there is. I'm not the best guitar player in the world. I'm not mm-hmm. the best guitar player in in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. Uh, but you know, I think regardless of what you do, you have to do it with with. You have to be professional about it. Absolutely. And and that's just kind of what it takes. To, and I'm not I'm not saying that there's a, a lack of that anywhere or here or anything like that, but I think for anybody that's really trying to do it, it's like you have to have your P's and Q's in order to to really make yourself come across as a professional. Yeah. Um you know, I mean there you know, it's like if, if someone if someone asks you to do a job you have to do it in a timely fashion. You have to do it right. Yeah. And and that's kind of just the that's way. That's half that, the battle. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, hopefully I do that. I don't. I mean, maybe. Are you working? I'm I guess, working. Well, You're then working I guess on you are. Basis, but, I mean, but you know, it's it's just it's simple things like that. Like it, I, I do, I give clinics at colleges every now and then, and mm-hmm. the things I tell the guys because they ask questions like, "What are you know? How do I get good at this?" And I was like, "Well, guys, look, all of you, once you achieve a certain level of ability on your instrument, you're going to be fine." It's mm-hmm. the intangibles that you have to kind of take care of, wow. which are being on time, being courteous, being professional, smelling but, nice. Well, you know, you showering, know, decent, <laughs> showering, uh, brushing your teeth. These are, important. you know, and that's, but, but really it's like, you don't have to be a virtuoso player to yeah. make a living in music. That's, that's that is great. so important. You really like, don't. You I, just I have to like listening to this. <laughs> you have to just have those those other things in order that make people want to work with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I'll, I'll call a guy who is, Maybe not the best player, but if he's a good dude, he's prepared, he's on time, and he's got a good attitude, I'd rather work with that guy than the virtuoso, world-renowned, amazing dude who's going to show up late and be a jerk. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And, Uh, and like, the consistency for artists um, is so key. So, you know, as an artist, there are several that are looking to you in – you know, as a role model, basically saying, man, I really I'm aspiring to be that type of have that type of success. So in order yeah. to do yeah. that, you're saying be consistent, yeah. be on time, 
artists and musicians and and everybody you know, everybody like you and have me. to yeah you have to present yourself <laughs> yeah and, at and the I, best. you know and i think if you're if you're you know if you're a musician or, or who was working freelance you know be be flexible be open right. to other people maybe wanting you to step outside of your comfort zone or you know don't come into a gig being like well i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and and this is just how you're gonna have to deal with that yeah because that's not yeah. You know, like if if you work freelance, you have to be flexible. If somebody says play this part and you don't really think it's a good idea, but they're in charge, play the part. Play yeah. the part. You have to, man. You got to you got to know That's your so role. True. You got to stick to it. That's so. so true. Do we have any more Mark music that we can listen to? Absolutely, we do. I have another question now before we sure. go back okay. to music. So you're originally from Dallas? No, uh, California. California. I sort of slipped that in at the beginning. Yeah. How, how long have you been in Dallas? Well, I've been in Fort Worth actually Fort Worth. for uh, oh, shoot. I guess since, since after TCU, TCU, so maybe about ten years. Yeah, huh? we are old. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, so crazy. He just said, "Oh, for maybe about ten years." That's a long time. So, what do That's you think about you. what do you think about the scene, the music scene here in in Fort Worth and Dallas? I love it. You do? I do. I is think, it better than what people say it is? Because you get a lot of people saying, oh, there's music not happening. I don't understand that at all. I yeah. don't either. I it's love like, the scene here. Well, if you get out of your house and you go, <laughs> then you'll see that there is. Yeah. Yeah, I never really got that. I think, yeah. I mean, this... Do you hear that? Is that something that you've heard? Sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting because we have some of the best musicians in the world that live here. The like, world. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, there's there's unique stuff coming out of here on both sides of the Metroplex in Fort Worth and in Dallas, you know, in all in all types of genres. Um, I think, unfortunately, the general populace sort of maybe just isn't interested in local music. Why is that though? I feel like I don't know. I think I don't know if it's a Dallas Fort Worth thing or Mm -hmm. if it's actually just a a United States thing. Hmm, Like whatever local city. Well, it's this is. I mean, we could have a whole other interview about this. I know. You know, yeah. people want to hear what they are told they want to hear. That's mm. exactly They want to right. go see, you know, they for them it's it's more important to go get their friends together and go to a, a bar where maybe there's a cover band where they don't necessarily have to pay attention to them. Yeah. Um, not, nothing against cover bands. Mm. I've played in several of them. Trust but uh, there's, I think people would rather do that rather than go check out a new project or, or see someone actually doing art. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And that's a nationwide problem that we have to it deal with. It is a total yeah. nationwide problem. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's like the local consensus. When I talk to a lot of musicians here locally, and I just said this um, a few minutes ago, but, you know, they always say that Dallas doesn't support local yeah. music and local artists. It would be interesting if somehow we got on the other side of that to really help to propel people to a level of importance. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, it's like the general populace needs to feel that that person is important in order for them to pay attention to them. Right. And so if there was some way that we were saying, those who are conscious of art were saying, these people are important. These people are important. Everybody yeah. pay attention to them yeah then maybe they would think those people are important enough to pay attention but i i don't know like i just feel like, I feel like it's important to, you have to build like you, you have to start locally you have to build your audience you have to make people fall in love with your you music have to almost and be if aggressive about yeah it. you have to be aggressive about it and if you're not in love with your music then you're no one else is going to love it like oh. that so so mark like name a couple of um artists that you like who are you listening to right now locally or just locally oh, i want some local artists for sure and then you know nationally sure um trying to think 
There's a guy out of Fort Worth that's been doing some really great things. He was on a TV show called The Voice. Just uh, His name's Luke Wade. All right. And he's a great... He was on a TV show called The Voice. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> singer-songwriter, <laughs> raspy voice, troubadour type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love everything Keith does. I, yeah, I always will. Um, Keith, Keith Young. Young, if you don't know. Um, Maddie, Michelle just put out a, a little single that was really cool. Yeah. Um, we play it often. Often, actually. There's some <laughs> other cool... Uh, the Funky Knuckles are always one of my favorites. Yeah, I love um, the Funky Knuckles. A friend of mine... Who else? Oh, gosh. There's so many. Uh, another great guitar player friend of mine is uh, Noel Johnston. Just put out a record that was really great. Uh, it's sort of like a jazz fusion rock mm-hmm. party. Um, basically, if you want to go see really crazy, cool jazz stuff, go to Jeff Lloyd's RBC Oh, on I Tuesdays. love Jeff. Hi, Jeff. I hope yeah. he's listening right now. Um, yeah, he's and then great. there's always great jazz at Sandaga. There's always cool. You can always find the best hip-hop stuff at the Profit Bar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, does so, wifey go with you to all these places? Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> she's like, I'm when tired. we were dating, she thought it was cool, and now she's like, I've seen your band. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I love it. Okay, so we're going to play a little bit of music. We, I know that we're over our normal time, but because we kind of started a little late for technical difficulties, we have about another 10 minutes, so please stay tuned in. We're going to play um, Slugbook cool. from Mark Terry. so listen up. You're the one with the problem.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Live Chat Radio. So you were just listening to Mark Letary's song, Slug Bug. Wait, we say his name differently. Mark, how say you say your, your last, last name? No, you guys have been, it's Letary. Letary. Which is fine. Mark Letary. You can say Letary. You got a little A I say yours. Mark Letary. That's fine. <laughs> it's way, way better Mark than Letary. some of the other. I actually yeah. practiced your name I've last night because I heard you say it on one of your videos oh, on yeah. your website, which tell everyone your website and how they can it's, connect it's with you. It's com. L-E-T-T-I-E-R-I. That's, That's right. So I was listening to your video um, the last night, actually, and you said your name, and I was like, oh, I've been saying it wrong so okay. long. What did you say before? Letary. That's, cool. That's really close. It's what do people Letary. call it? What do they say? I get Letary all the time. <laughs> Letary? Oh, my God. Or sometimes, okay. like, in hotels, they'll just be like, Mr. Letary. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll just kind of slur like they had a thing in their throat or something. like. Hi, yes, that is so funny. So, funny. so we only have a few more minutes before we leave. Um, so we're going to mention a couple of things. Like we want to let you guys know that there are so many things going on in the DFW area that you be can about go that to. social life. Yeah, we're all about that social life. I just said weekend. that. So tonight, um, and I hope you guys tuned in this morning because she was on Good Morning Texas. Carmen Rogers um, is doing a album release party tonight at the Shark Bar, and I think it starts at seven p.m. So at the Who Bar? Shark Bar. Shark Bar. By the okay then. Okay. okay. That's happening tonight, and then tomorrow night, of course, we're going to be at Friday Night Live, which is like the dopest live music spot. On you got your night. neck swerving on that. It's the dopest. That's my family. Um, so we have live music by my client Mike Johnson and the Ivory Jean Band, and then we have Bosses Brunch. What up, Bosses well. Brunch? So please, like, give me some details about Bosses Brunch. So I'm. Be the <laughs> 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 Whose idea was that? So, um, we're going to be talking about marketing like things. No, that sounded really boring. I came up with this li- really clever name for tomorrow's, uh, like I was going to say life chat. That's not what it is. Uh, it's a workshop and the workshop is called when you leave the room, uh, not the bedroom. I'm talking about any room in general. So what do people say about you after you leave the room? So Ooh. the whole notion is around personal branding and mm-hmm. who you are, what you are communicating about yourself. Whether the, and that's whether you are trying to do it big on your own, whether you're an artist, whether you work for somebody. If you're trying to move forward, then it is important to know who you are. Yeah, that's right? very important. And we know how to that. and know how to communicate who you are. Yeah. So that's what we are talking tomorrow. Talking about tomorrow at Boss's brunch. And Felicia is like so great with all of that, like branding and marketing. That's what you do full time. That's what your business is about. So that's what I my phone is blowing up about today. Yeah, exactly. I've got some Zoe's projects mama. to work on. Zoe's mama. Um. So she's going to be tomorrow at Boss's brunch, and it's in North. Dallas. Dallas. Okay. It's at the Humperdinks on Northwest Highway from twelve thirty to one thirty. And is it free? It's five bucks. All right, five dollars. Um, and then if you want to eat, if you want to eat, then you need to tell the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> but it's five dollars to get it, and it's not just for women. It's, no, it's for, for everybody, for many women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So come and get some knowledge about your brand and your marketing. And then on Sunday we have the. Med- Hey, Medicine Man. Yeah, and yeah. so that's going to feature Keith Young, which we play some of his music. We'll probably play him before we leave out of here today. Um, Maddie Michelle, New Love, of course. We have uh, D. Scott, and we have Chelsea, a darling with Chelsea of West. She'll be performing tomorrow. I'm sorry, not tomorrow, Sunday. So that is at 7 p.m. The doors open at 7. The show starts at 8 p.m., and that's at RBC. We just talked about RBC. That's Jeff's um, spot. So make sure that you come down. That's on Sunday. And then we also have next week, we have the Taste of 
taste of the soda. It's not what it's called. It's called sweet and savory. A celebration of dining south of the Trinity. That's a bougie. Yeah, but that's way too much to put on a banner. If you drive down Hampton, it's going to say taste of the soda. It says taste of because that's basically what it is. But it's not just that. You're going to get there and find that it is an experience. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun one. I know we got live music. We've got demonstrations. Esther has some of her bands performing. Yeah, Maddie and Gino are going to be performing performing on Tuesday. So very excited about that. Yeah, Tuesday at the DeSoto Town Center. It is from 4 to 8. There are VIP tickets available where you can have wine and cheese and bougie things. You're welcome. All that good stuff. And then um, another special mention is Art Life. Our oh. life, yeah, I'm very excited about our life, and so tell people a little bit about it, please. So, our life is a new event. You know, we like some events. We, we will plan an goodness, event. We, we got to so go look events. at a venue for another event that we're having in a couple of months because that's what we do. Events. <laughs> that's what we do. We plan. <laughs> One day we will generate income off of them. Today we'll just Soon, do them hopefully. and meet people like, sooner than later. Esther's giving me the side eye. It'll happen. Listen, boo. Because Deals people come are- on a regular basis. <laughs> So Art Life is happening on March the 13th. Nope, that's the wrong day. Nope, nope, nope. March the 23rd. That's post South by Southwest. That's the Monday after South by Southwest. Uh, We're going to be at Zumo's pop-up shop in Bishop Arts. And so if you are any sort of artist, whether you are a musician, a theater brat, a dancer, I say I can say theater brat because I am one. If you are in the arts and you, one, want to get to know other people that are not necessarily in your genre. So, for instance, Mark right here is a musician. I am a singer slash theater brat. We know each other because we were intentional about knowing each other in gospel choir. Gosh, darn it. That's right. That's right. He so just affirmed right that. I'm, all, so, I'm much. so much all the time. I finished my cup of coffee. <laughs> you are. So. <laughs> I haven't had any coffee yet. Well. Can you believe that? You need some. Yeah, you so need that some. You can get Especially up to, to compete with level. us because we're like. I usually have <laughs> Wait. Uh, well, we'll find you some next time. Okay. So, Art Life. <laughs> If you're any sort of musician and you one want to network with, or not musician, if you're any sort of artist and want to network with other people who are artists, or if you want some guidance trying to figure out what to do in between gigs, come and hang out with us. We'll be at Zumo's Pop-Up Shop, Bishop Arts, yep. March 23rd from 5 to 8. Yes. I'll leave before then because I'll have to go pick up my kid, but you can hang out with Esther. <laughs> at, so. No, actually, Madison may be there at the gig because, <laughs> so, hey, you, you know, know that's so. just how life works. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Live live chat radio this is our third this is our third episode I think we, we, kinda, we, we did a good job we're doing it all right so um you guys make sure that you tune in next thursday like spread the word make sure you connect to all of our social spread media the word. yeah all of our social media um outlets everything is live chat radio twitter instagram facebook connect with us and give us some feedback we want to hear from you if you have music that you want us to play let us know our email address is lifechatradio at gmail.com thank you so much again for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week bye are you tired of the same old fitness routine bored by the workout classes that just don't have any soul then you've got to check out jc fitness in desoto listen the trainers at jc fitness will keep you moving and shaking so much that you won't even know that you're working out from Zumba to hip-hop, JC Fitness offers a wide range of classes to keep you moving until you shake off all of those extra pounds for the ladies and the gentlemen. So check them out at jcfitness.info or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at jcfitness.tx and make sure you tell them that the ladies of Life Chat Radio sent you.
Nas 